Can you say hard hats, folks? Hard hats, lunch pails, steel to a boots? Anything short of a championship this year is a failure. Look at this boomer right here. You've just got so much talent here. Somebody said we need to apologize for Jalen. Can I call the John? What are we apologizing for? What did we say? What did we do? <laughs> Love that intro. What's up, fellas? Look at this boomer right here. How we doing? Hard hat, steel toe boots, Bobby Manning, Josue Pavone, Jimmy Toscano here after a uh, nice little Celtics win on a Saturday afternoon. How are you? 145-108 over the less than stellar Clippers. I'm, I'm a little disappointed in that team. I, I, I think they mailed it in early on, or at least at some point, and not impressed by the Clippers. We'll get into them maybe a little bit later, but... It's all about the Celtics back-to-back, um, -back, just offensive juggernaut-style performances. They dropped 145 tonight. They dropped 144 uh, against the Kings. And they are the Kings of the NBA right now, guys. And we'll, we'll start with you, Bobby. Just uh, opening thoughts on this performance uh, this afternoon here in, uh, in Los Angeles. Yeah, I didn't know what to expect, uh, the, especially once Kawhi got ruled out and Tatum played through the ankle, which came up a couple of times on some of those flagrant fouls, but didn't hobble him at all uh, through a terrific performance here, especially shooting the ball. Uh, this is Tatum's best shooting game maybe of the month uh, or in a month. So uh, he yeah. led the way with shooting off the dribble, something we talked about last show and the Kings game. He uh, missed a lot of those in that Warriors game. Felt like he was settling after a certain point. And when they go in, you're not going to say he's settling. It's just he hit tough shots in this game. And that's probably what the Clippers are going to you know, come away saying from this one. It's just he hit some ridiculous ones. And he's capable of that. And that's, I think, a big reason why he takes them to challenge the defense, put them in uncomfortable positions, and on his best game, hit those and just completely overwhelm a performance. Because you see how it kind of carries down to every other player. They got a lot of offensive rebounds with the attention that the Clippers had to put on them. Uh, Nemeas Keita broke free for a really big game, just cleaning stuff up around the rim. And other guys hit their shots. Uh, three from Jalen Brown, three of six shooting. Uh, White hit three more threes, four from Holiday, and three from O'Shea Brissett, who is excellent once again. Uh, so right. He's making a case for his rotation spot. But it all stemmed from Tatum. You missed one guy, Bobby. You conveniently forgot to mention one other really effective player tonight off the bench for the Celtics. We'll have to get into him a little bit later, too. I mentioned him. Did you say Kata? Kata, yeah. Briefly. Okay. Yeah, he said it briefly. He said he, like, under his breath, Josue was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought he had three more threes from Pritchard, too. So this is just <laughs> one of those games where I think it's going to be tough to have a major takeaway from this one, Jimmy, because they hit 25 threes. Any team in the league is going to win a game when they hit 25 threes. And the offense flowed great. They did a lot of good stuff on that end against a tough defense. But you're not going to hit 25 threes every game. So you love it. You'll take it. No Kawhi. You know, that happens. No poor Zingas, certainly, on the Celtics side. So it's impressive that they were able to win in spite of that to some degree. But I don't have a huge takeaway from this one, Josue. Do you? Well, I mean, the 25 threes, if you're looking at the box score, it certainly speaks out to you, right, if you didn't watch this game. But I don't feel like it's one of those games where you're like, oh, man, the Clippers just couldn't stop the Celtics from making threes. I feel like the Celtics just, like, snatched the Clippers' heart out, like, by the end of the first quarter. And it was like, oh, okay, well, if Paul George is going off and we're still down by double digits, 
this one's done, right? Like you saw guys like James Harden chucking up threes. You saw guys like really just kind of like check out of like offensive possessions. And I feel like a lot of that had to do with the Celtics' defense. You know, they did a really good job of just kind of making the Clippers really work for it. They were they, they didn't have any like easy opportunities. You know what I mean? The Celtics did a really good job taking that away. They never got to the free throw line. What did they finish? Like they attempted like 12 free throws in this game. You know, the Celtics doubled that from the free throw line. And I just feel like the Celtics just got very comfortable once they had that that lead okay yeah the three-point shots sure that helps you know it certainly kept them at you know kept the kept the clippers at bay kept the Celtics that lead intact but i also mm-hmm. feel like it was the Celtics' defense and just really getting comfortable offensively i thought that drew holiday had a really like low-key solid game that kind of went under the radar and of course jason tatum once he got hot once he got to double digits in that first quarter he certainly just like kept that consistency you know on offense where the clippers just couldn't slow him down i felt like yeah 25 of 53 from three-point land for the Celtics, like Bobby said. You know, it's it's tough to lose when the shots are falling that way. Just the way you mentioned Holiday, a great game for him tonight on both ends. I mean, he ended up with 20 points tonight. So if you're getting 20 points from Holiday, those are points that, I mean, listen, we know, how, what, we know Holiday can contribute on the offensive side, but you're not even really expecting him to go for 20-plus a night. So if that's where you're at, I mean, the, the starting lineup right now has just been clicking. And, yeah, they didn't have Porzingis tonight, but whether it's Holiday – white um you know he had 18 tonight so he just missed that 20 point marker bobby you mentioned tatum great bounce back game for him one of his better shooting nights uh his team like he wanted to make a you know he was aggressive out there i thought you know and he was getting to the getting to his spots on the court i thought the clippers were just a step behind i don't know i don't watch enough of clippers to know if this is just who they are but in uninspiring basketball from the clippers and if i and if i'm a fan of that organization or that team, I'm, I'm not happy with what I'm looking at, whether it's George Harden Westbrook, obviously they didn't have Kawhi tonight. So you have to consider that, but I don't think that would have been uh, a big enough difference in this one to really change things. I just feel like the Clippers don't want to work as much as be like a, a real legitimate contender, like, you know, a Nuggets team or a Bucks or a Celtics or, you know, a Suns team. I just don't know if the Clippers have that extra gear where they really want to take it to now um you know they're 17 and 12 on the year obviously they're you know a playoff team i just don't know if you can put them in that top echelon of teams yet there's tatum yeah not a ton inside in this one hit a few mid-rangers but he was just raining threes on these guys and a couple flagrant yeah. threes too uh just ridiculous yeah for him. yeah so, little, he's gonna do this some nights and listen i know what everyone's gonna say i know you you, you guys weren't there for the last show, but we talked about the difficulty of the shooting for uh, Tatum and how the offense seemed to be getting a little out of sync with some of the shot attempts he was taking. And mm-hmm. I think that's still valid, even when you have a night like this. It's awesome when you get this from him, but it's difficult. It's, it's going to be really hard to do this night and night out, especially in the playoffs, hitting these kind of shots, and he's capable of it. Uh, but 10 to 16 from three spot up jumpers when you, when they fall, it's amazing. And he's the best guy in the league and he's the MVP, but when they don't, it's frustrating to watch him take these shots. And I, I felt like this was a game, I, you know, free throws aside, nine free throws you'll take any day. And he's done a much better job of that uh, in the last Thank few you, years Drew. here. But I, I feel like he just hit tough shots in this game. game and and I don't, I don't know what else to say beyond that. Like, I don't think there was anything he adjusted on coming out of the recent struggles and 
certainly the Clippers were a step slow behind him, Jimmy. There was a matchup on the baseline where Kobe Brown, the rookie, was in front of him, and Tatum mm-hmm. just exploded by him and dunked with ease. So there was some good stuff in terms of getting to the basket at, at times. But this one, the overwhelming win here was driven by some incredible spot-up shooting from Tatum. And this is, you know, when you talk to the team, Jimmy, and you're like, why does he take so many spot-up threes? Why is he always Mm -hmm. pulling up above the break? This is why. Because when he has a night like this, they are literally impossible to cover, and they're just going to blow the competition away. And that's what they're always striving for. But it's not always going to happen. Right. No, I mean, it's not. But listen, 30 points on 16 field goals, that's – as efficient as you could possibly uh, dream. So you'll take this type of a performance. Yeah, you can't expect it. No one expects it on a night and basis, Bobby, but the 30 points is something that I think we are at the point where we are expecting. And how Yeah, you get no matter there, how you get it, yeah. Yeah, how you get there on any given night, you know, some nights it's a little bit more work. So I, again, against a team that I think is a little bit more uh, defensive-minded, which wouldn't be the Clippers, and, and a team that really makes you work a lot harder. You probably get there taking more shots and maybe you have to uh, figure out ways to be a little bit more aggressive and go to the line more, but he still went nine, nine trips tonight. So shots fell. Maybe he had a couple open ones. Again, he got fouled. Um, looks like he rolled, you know, he rolled that ankle. That was a little bit scary there, but he, he was able to shake that one off and it was a great bounce back game for Tatum. So um, obviously take that. And I thought Brown again tonight um, continues to be aggressive. It seems like every night now he is, his number one objective is to catch a body and just, <laughs> yeah. just completely ruin somebody's somebody's evening or yeah, night. Get and that man in the dunk contest. <laughs> oh, I'm the NBA would love to have Jalen Brown in the dunk contest. Whether or not he wants to be in is a different story. But um, I, I I really do like what I'm seeing from Jay on the last you know however many games you want to go back. But it feels like he's thinking less in in a good way. Um, he's letting the game come to him a little bit more. He's trusting his athleticism and, and his, you know, uh, I, I think he's starting to become a little bit more comfortable, uh, in, in his role with the team. And again, 24 points, nine of 17 from the field, three of six. So, uh, from three, so, um, you know, and a plus 29. So uh, another really strong game from Jalen Brown, who is rounding into form. I, I think we could say Joe Sway. Definitely. You know, especially when he got into foul trouble so early in this game, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't really distract him from continuing to get back on track and attack and pick his spots. And you saw that again against the Clippers. And even with Tatum going, you know, when both of these guys are going, obviously we know it's usually good results. And that's exactly what we got in this game, right? Uh, up by double digits, just up comfortably. But again, Jalen picking his spots and just reading the opposing team's defense i think that's what's really got him to this point and i think it carries over i don't think this slows down anytime soon it's just been an incredible month for jalen brown and uh yeah i think this is where we're going to be you know at the end of the season looking back on and saying okay that was the month where he turned things around and mm-hmm. it was really just it took off from there you know it's good to see it too without porzingis in there because i think a lot of people felt like oh maybe porzingis is the key to this whole thing working and you know he gets the He's, you know, dealing with some some injury stuff right now, which I think we all expected to some capacity this season. And right. to see the, to see the Celtics still able and see, and to see Jalen Brown still be able to contribute uh, and really not skip a beat out there, um, it's it's a good sign because there are going to be ga- games throughout the year where you're going to miss a Porzingis or you, we already know that Horford's going to miss games on the back to backs and 
you know, it's a long season, you know, Tatum and Brown are going to be there too. Um, Derek White, Superman. So maybe he doesn't miss any games, but uh, other than that, I think you kind of expect these guys to come in and out. And, and the goal is that when the playoffs come around, what are they, what did I see? 14 and one, maybe the, with the starting lineup in there yep, healthy. Yep. So again, this doesn't even count towards that, but it just goes to show that when this team is healthy and playing together, they're nearly impossible to beat. Right. And especially, yeah, like you said, man, to do it without Porzingis, I mean, I just think that the Celtics did a really good job of just establishing themselves offensively. And the, the Clippers, I mean, people can say, you know, maybe they gave up in this one. Yeah, probably that's, that's a, a big part of it. If you oh, ask they did. Me. They certainly did. <laughs> However, the Celtics forced their hand, you know, and it happened sooner than I expected, uh, especially for this Clippers team that's it's been hit or miss this season, but they just really didn't show as much emphasis on defense in that first half by the by, by like the closer you got to halftime, you're waiting for them to sort of show that that fight, and you never really saw that. And Celtics, you know, credit them because they 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 fed off of that, you know, and, and I think they're at the point where they can feel when a team is just not there, you know, in terms of their effort. That's, and that's when they double down on their offense. And that's exactly what we saw in the second half. You want to have that. You want to have that. Like, just don't let the foot off the gas mentality. Just embarrass these dudes. Just kill them. And that's why in the bubble, like, I loved – I love not in the bubble, in the uh, in-season tournament, I loved running up the score. Get that mindset. Run up the damn score. Don't don't let these guys crawl back in or let it look, like, reasonable at the end. Blow them out of there, if, especially if they're not going to th- show any effort or if they're not going to – you know, if they're playing 50 or 75% at that point, keep going strong. I mean, I, that doesn't mean I want the starters to play, you know, 40 minutes still if, in a blowout. But when the, right. second, when the second unit came in tonight in the fourth quarter – they kept it going. I mean, these that's the quote unquote what the stay ready crew Tatum called them. <laughs> um they they looked ready. I mean, they were they were ready that's to contest tonight. Ready. They got in there. Absolutely. Um, and this is a bench that I think every Celtics fan had serious questions about uh going into the season. And, and to some extent, you're still gonna have some questions here and there, but you're starting to get contribution contri- you're starting to get contributions now from guys that we're not on the radar to start the year, Bobby. And I'll let you I'll let you pick up the torch from there on this one. Yeah. I mean O'Shea was on my radar. I love There that he guy. is. There he goes, O'Shea. Yeah. O'Shea Brissett, uh, obviously. Um, you know, he contributed to him. He's been a guy that's been in and out. But we gotta talk about Kata. We really gotta talk about Kata. Is a guy that Hey Bobby, did he go to did he go to Syracuse? Yeah. Okay. Did he did he go to Syracuse? I'm not sure. Is that why you uh, make sure we talk about? <laughs> okay, cool. Brissett was money tonight. Yeah. Uh, four or five from the field, three or four from three. Um, but we got to talk about Keita. Um, this is this is a position, the big position, that considered thin because the, let's let's be real. The Celtics when they when they traded uh, Time Lord. Um, Rob Williams, that that they they took a hit there at that position. They're relying a lot on Horford, who's getting up there in age and doesn't go in back-to-back games. Obviously, Porzingis, uh, when he's out there, can really do a lot. But both those guys are going to be in and out of the lineups this year, Bobby, for the most likely here and there throughout the remainder of the regular season. You're going to need a guy. And unfortunately, your guy Cornette's out of the lineup right now, and he might be getting Wally pipped by by Kata. Uh, Kata come, comes in tonight, 14 points, 12 rebounds. And just looks like he's getting up and down the court. He's moving out there. He's following up shots. He's going back up with the ball. This is a guy that is definitely carving a role for himself right now. And I think um, when Cornette does come back and when 
Porzingis comes back. I I think Kada is showing that he deserves playing time, even with a full healthy roster in some way. I mean, Joe said it, it's not going to be that way. We <laughs> like, know what right? Joe said, but we but he also said it. Was it a couple weeks ago now? I mean, we're yeah, like 10, last 10 days ago. I mean, things change, Bobby. Throughout the course of the season, guys are in and out. Guys improve. They show something maybe in a game that they weren't able to show in a practice. And Joe, one thing we've learned about Joe is that you need to be in his circle of trust. Once you're in the circle of trust, you're in, you're, you know, like Marcus Smart, whoever it is, you're going to get that playing time. But getting in there is the hard part. These guys, whether it's O'Shea, whether it's Kata, they're making the most of their opportunity right now. So what Joe said two weeks ago might have been true two weeks ago. And then Joe, Joe would be the first guy to tell you that that was the truth and that was the case two weeks ago. But now things might be changing a little bit. If you find a guy that's contributing the way Kata is, why would you just say, oh, we're going to ignore that? It's not about ignoring it. He's the fourth center on the roster. So if someone's out, he'll play. But he's not far from the right third. Now. He's not far from the third. I think that's fair. Roster. Yeah, I think that's fair. And listen, Cornet's in a, not in an insurmountable position, especially since uh, the last handful of games before he got hurt, the numbers weren't great with him out there. And really, all year they're just edging out like a plus one with Cornet on the court. And Cade's got some uh, gaudy plus minus numbers so far. And again, it's a small sample size here, but he's doing a great job screening. And in this game. They utilized him in a nice way defensively where the Clippers had some lineups out there that didn't have much mm -hmm. shooting. So they were able to stash him on Kobe Brown and some non-shooters out there and have him play in the paint area as they often do with their centers, you know, especially when they go to some of the double big looks out there. That can be an effective defensive alignment for them. So I love the way they utilize Kate in this game. Now the rebounds. A lot of them are off his own misses, and man, he has to finish some of those bunnies. I mean, even me and Joe Sway were hey, saying we got Cole Anthony still in the rebounds. Come on, <laughs> they are <laughs> no and, and rebounds. No, and sorry. some of them, some of them are tough, tough plays where he grabs his own miss back and puts it right up and in. So those count all the same, even though it's going to hurt his percentage. You'll take it, um, but he's got to be able to take advantage of mismatches in the lane. You know, teams are going to switch him. If, if he's not able to finish those and it's been weird to watch him struggle to do so. I wonder if it has anything to do with the foot that he's been kind of dealing with throughout the year, but overall, especially considering he didn't go through, well, he did go through training camp, but he missed so much time to start the regular season and really wasn't playing up and down at all before he got back into the lineup. This is good stuff. You know, this is super impressive for a guy who has so little time in the organization to be able to do this is impressive for sure. But I feel like if you're adding up their games as a whole, Jimmy, just in terms of the connectivity, all the little things that they like doing out there with their centers, mm -hmm. and especially the defense, which I think is probably the biggest gap between them right now in Cornette's favor, you're probably leaning Luke when he gets back. But as you said, Wait, it's not an insurmountable position. I was reading the comments. What did you just say as the reason why you're leaning Luke? I just think overall. <laughs> In other words, more... you just heard that you're leaning Luke. He wants yeah, I heard leaning Luke, and now I need to really pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> overall, you're getting more out of Luke, I think, as a whole. In what? In what way, though? I'm not trying to. I'm not. I'm. I'm genuinely asking, like, in what? In what way do you think you get more from Luke than you do, like, for from a night that Kata just gave you a double double, fourteen and twelve? I feel like Luke 
should be able to fall into 10 rebounds a night, but he, he just, he doesn't. I think the defense, I think the passing, I think the screening positions on the floor. I mean, there was one really tough three tonight where Kata just couldn't get the three down and Tatum had to hit, you know, spot up three right over his guy and he hit it. Um, but those are the little things I think they're looking at that they want out of their centers. And listen, it's great. He, he's probably a better scorer than Luke, you know, being able to get opportunities inside to shoot. But right now, I think in terms of the third center play, you know, who's going to make the most of four or five minutes every night that they're looking at when Cornette and um, Porzingis are healthy. I think they like Luke in that position. Now, there might be a debate in terms of you need 20 minutes out of a guy who's going to give you more over that stretch, you know, just because of some of the following issues Luke's had. And Kate has followed two here. Like, I think it's close, Jimmy. Like, I think that's the fair way to look at this is that mm. there's pros and cons both ways. But there's probably more comfort going to Luke just knowing what he's done over a year and change here than there is Kata. It's fair. I was gonna tang with you, but I don't know how. So just be just be happy. <laughs> I saw your face. <laughs> what do you think, Josiah? Am I wrong? You're thinking of something there. I was like, gonna tang with him. I was gonna tang with him hard, but I didn't. It's the Christmas season. I'm not gonna do that to you, Bobby. Also, I don't know how to, but if I if I did know, I would have done it. But I just think the whole okay, the difference in my opinion is Kayla when he's on in terms of like what we saw tonight, I think it's really hard to to, to make a case for Luke. You know what I mean? Because I, I just think, but then at the same time, Luke's a bit more polished in that sense of when he's defending. I, I, the only thing, the only knock I have on Kata, the biggest knock I should say, is the fouling. You know, you give him a couple of fakes, he's gonna jump. Or, you know, he's going to get a little uh, – he's going to reach a little bit when he shouldn't. He's going he's gonna, to, you know, rack up fouls in that sense. But he still gives the Celtics a, a different edge, you know. I, I think you know that's what it reminds a, me a little bit, Josue? What's it remind you of? The Tice, the Tice uh, Rob thing we used to do. Tice and Rob? Yeah, right? something like that. Thompson, Thompson and Rob to some degree. Against a have, young, young Rob. Yeah, something like you have, that. You have a more physically – dominant player in Kata who brings he just has to find a way that he has to hone in that that dominance right um, I think the I, the the foul trouble and the screens you know he got he got hit for a couple of screens in the in, in today's game it's the same argument we're having yeah. as we had then like do you want the more solid player who you can trust possession to possession and that's what it's going to come down to in the playoffs or do you want the guy with the higher upside here and Listen, I don't think Luke has 14 and 12 in him, certainly here. Kate is a much better rebounder than him. But possession for possession, when every possession counts, who can you trust more? And that's what it's going to... Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action NFL. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including you got spreads, you got your player props, you got over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. 
First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Check I out had to do it. I had to do it, Bobby. You 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 tested me. You 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 were you were trying to get me to do it. I think when you started going I, into I the I think you trust. figured it out, Bobby. I think you figured out how to. I, do fi- it. I figured it out. I had to do it. That was that was for everybody in the chat who was demanding it. But I see your point too, Bob. I understand where you're coming from. There is a little bit yeah, more. Someone this said kills Lucas, me because I. Someone I said love Lucas 2023's Roy Hibbert. Thanks. Ooh. Ooh. Roy the Hibbert, tough thing. The tough thing for me here is that I do love Kata. Like when they signed him, I was shocked that they got this guy on a two-way. I I mean, this guy is much better than a two-way player coming out of Sacramento, and they loved him there. I was surprised they let him go to sign JaVale McGee. Uh, And they had developed him over a year plus and were working on him over multiple summer leagues to get him into their big man rotation. So this is a player I really like and I think has some long-term potential with the Celtics here. What what we might be arguing over here is that if anything happens to Porzingis and Horford, and we're in agreement, right? Neither of these guys are probably going to play on a night where you have Horford and Porzingis in the playoffs. Maybe like three minutes. So it's not a yeah. It's they're not playoff rotation. <laughs> I mean, they're going to go down to eight guys in the playoffs, right? Yeah, those, those guys aren't going to sniff so, it ideally. So we're debating over. I guess who'd be more ready to step in in case of injury or something like that. And honestly, neither of these guys are ready for that. <laughs> So that's the tricky spot that this team's in is I think they like both of these guys as depth bigs. But if either of the frontline bigs, certainly Porzingis got hurt, you'd be screwed. And that's a difficult position that they're going to have to figure out coming into this deadline here because I think they like all these guys, but they like them all when they're healthy and they're all in their roles. And, and, you know, in a regular season game, Kate and Cornette can step up and give you these good games. But the two bigs in front of them are just so much better than them. So. Yeah. I mean, no, no one's saying slide them into the starting lineup, but you, yeah. you need to have, you need to have bench depth. And I think, don't forget, Kato might have already passed Luke earlier in the season. If he didn't enter the year hurt. That's a good uh, point. I think a lot of people forget that maybe Kato was a great on that pre-season. trajectory. He had a really good preseason. He kind of was on everybody's radar. And then was it a foot injury that he, he kind of entered the year with a foot injury. Not even so he got it. That's he had a bad. stress. He had a stress fracture in July before they even signed him in summer league that didn't seem to fully heal. And he's still going through sort of the ups and downs of coming back from that. It feels like, you know, it's he says it bothers him some days and he has the ups and downs with that. So that's still something to watch here uh, from a health perspective with him. Like, I still don't think we've seen him at 100%. He's getting there, which if this is what he's doing at less than 100%. Pretty impressive. Uh, so I'm right. excited about his future, his potential here, but we're still early on in the process of his development. And the one thing you do have to say here is it's probably time to sign him. Like, I know you want to wait, and if he gets hurt or something, this gives you some insurance against that possibly happening, and he'd probably want, like, a multi-year contract if they did sign him. Um, but he can't play in the playoffs on this two-way deal he's on right now. So I think he's shown enough to at least be signed to a standard contract here. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, I think so. 
Yeah. I mean, if he keeps this up and obviously barring any injuries, yeah, absolutely. We talked about Blake Griffin before, but if he keeps this up, I don't I don't think they have to call him. I don't. No, I mean, Kid is going to have a more bigger effect out there on the court. I mean, yeah, sign Blake Griffin as your assistant coach or something if you want him <laughs> around the guys, but I don't think he's doing much for you, you know, in terms of on the court stuff at this point. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, that's probably my takeaway from this game, Bobby. I mean, I know we were talking about what takeaways. Obviously, Tatum, you know, coming back and, and playing well and, and hitting shots is great. But just getting contributions from a guy like Keita that, again, this was somebody that wasn't in the rotation at all. So you've had recently, you know, you've seen some Keita. You've seen some Stevens, right? You saw Brissett a little bit back tonight. So, they don't have a, a bench of complete misfits, right? They, they do have players who, in a pinch, they can go to. And again, it's not an ideal situation if this was a playoffs. If this was playoffs, you know, obviously you want to have your starters in there. And that goes for any team. If you're not healthy, most likely you're just not deep enough. The NBA is too talented now where you can't field uh, a team of, you know, half starters and half bench guys. You, you, got, you got to have your healthy guys in there. So, But that's why it's important throughout the course of a regular season to be able to bring in a guy like Keita that can give you 14 and 12 and, and give you 23 minutes off the bench effective minutes. So that you don't have to force Horford to play more than he needs to, or you don't have to worry about Porzingis, uh, you know, maybe missing an extra game because the team can theoretically still, uh, you know, function uh, to some capacity and compete. Right. Obviously you want those guys in the game because you want them to get familiar with playing each other with playing with each other, because that's going to be your, your playoff rotation. But to be able to go eight, nine deep uh, in the regular season, that's what you want. I mean, that that so to me, it's a great thing to see Kata be able to contribute in that fashion. And um, what's that mean for Luke? I guess we'll find out. I think it is going to be uh, a competition, as it should be. I mean, Luke is certainly not a player that is, that is in a situation where he's just— And Luke's coming back off injury now. Where he's not just going to be given his role back. you got to yeah. – again, it's the same— as anybody else on a, on a, you know, fringe rotation spot here where it's, you, you earn that playing time. So if Luke is the guy, then he'll have to earn it back and show that in practice. And maybe he'll get an opportunity. I'm sure at some point again in the regular season. And if, if he does his job, then fine. If he doesn't, I think Joe is going to be a lot more inclined to now bring in Kata, right? Like he's not going to just ignore that uh, possibility as maybe he would have, earlier in the season because he's now seen it. I think we have to consider Brissett's run here too. Totally. He gives them a smaller look out there at the four. And one thing I found interesting looking at the last handful of games here is you can see Joe looking for some double big combinations. I know Brissett's not a big, but they've played him with Horford. They've played Cato with Horford and they've played Luke with Horford. So they're looking for a four or five with Horford that can allow them to play a little bit bigger on the offensive glass, especially. And out of the three guys here, I know Cade is a great rebounder, but Brissett's been super timely with the offensive boards. Uh, two great ones in the Sacramento game, I believe. Uh, the Warriors game, he comes in. And then the Orlando game, uh, where they were very shorthanded, where he's played well now. So four straight threes in a row. That's great to see after a one for nine start from deep. Uh, which was hindering him more than anything else, it feels like. I saw him in practice and shoot-arounds and stuff looking much better uh, from behind the arc. So 
that changes the dynamic here too with him. He's not a guy, well, he's not going to draw any gravity with what he's doing right now from behind the three-point line. But if you get the ball to him, he might be able to knock one down here or there, which is obviously something Luke and Kata can't do. Uh, so you could play five out with Brissett here and still get some center level offensive rebounding. And that was a big part of this game, I felt like, with the second chance points. And who's getting more of them than anybody's Drew Holiday. I mean, he's all over the offensive glass right now. So we've talked about how that's a great equalizer for this team. When you're missing threes and they're going to put up a lot of threes every night, go and grab that miss. And you might find a wide open three right after if you're getting these offensive rebounds. So it's been a nice balance for this team, how aggressive they are on the offensive glass. Yeah, no question. And I also feel like O'Shea is sort of like the, if Porzingis is out, you're going to see more of O'Shea, you know, and I, it, sometimes I feel like there isn't a whole lot of minutes around when Porzingis is around when Porzingis is available. So I feel like it's tough for him to get in the mix. But when his name is called, he's ready, you know. So obviously Joe Bazula is going to appreciate that. And moving forward, he's going to try to find minutes for him. But I just feel like this is a great example of when Porzingis is out. This is when he gets that moment to shine. You know that that front court gets a little smaller in a sense, even though you do have Kata mixed in there as well. But that small, big lineup, he sort of matches that because he's able to create those second chance opportunities like a normal big would. And, you know, he can crash down low. He can defend a bit down low, you know, with the help defense as well. He's effective in that regard. So I feel like he, he's much more impactful when Porzingis isn't there. It just a, isn't a whole lot of minutes to go around when he's not. But, I mean, you got to give him his props. He's always ready for for these situations. And tonight was no different. What 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 do they want out of Brissett, Bobby? When he's in there, like what, what, what's a good night for Brissett? Obviously, you I want to see him hit, hit shots like he did tonight. And I know there was a stretch where he couldn't hit anything. Um, so obviously, I know. Then he had three in a row from. It's from a good yard. sign to see him shoot yeah. the way he is. But what, what's the ideal situation for Brissett on this team? I think defend, grab offensive rebounds, which is probably the biggest thing, and knock down a three if it comes your way. I think you probably give him one three a game in short rotation minutes. And that's tough, right? And he's talked about it, you know, after that game where he got back in the rotation. He's like, this is the toughest position to be in mm -hmm. in all the sports. And I was, you know, I'm down, I was down at the G League showcase this week, and it's full of guys like this who got one shot a game in their situations, couldn't hit them, and you end up in the G League. So that's exactly where he was to start this year. And now for whatever reason, maybe it's the fact that they're giving him a little bit more consistent time that Joe has kind of on the side told him to stay confident and, you know, we're not going to just pull you right out of there. That helps too. So this is the kind of game I think you expect from him. And honestly, the last three, John and I were going crazy after that Warriors game because he, uh, after Tatum got hurt in that game, came in and threw down a cutting dunk, two breakout mm -hmm. scores, three for three, and then five minutes he was done after a great rotation. So luckily they went back to him the next game against the Kings and he had another good game. 101, three points, five rebounds. Like, I think that's what you look for him out of him, uh, Jimmy. Don't try to do too much. Don't make mistakes. Mm -hmm. Just take advantage of the opportunities that come your way by playing with Tatum and Brown. So I think he's doing exactly what they want him to do out there, and he looks comfortable now doing it. He was looking like Smith early in the year. I think John said that with just how frenetic and out of control he was out there. That's a good comparison. Joe Sway, where, where, is, where is O'Shea in the pecking order? Because we're talking about, like, eight, nine – spots here right now i mean we're talking end of the rotation is 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 it going to be o'shea is it going to be luke is it going to be uh you know kata is it going to be steven like there there's a definitely a competition here and it might be matchup based in some capacity but 
who is ultimately going to rise from the rubble uh, and round out this rotation? Um, I think O'Shea, you know what? I, I think O'Shea would get the benefit of the doubt if, if everyone is healthy. But I think the only person right now is really knocking on that door is Kata, if I'm being completely honest, you know, especially when you think about, yeah, like you said, Jimmy, in-game situations when the Celtics are up comfortably and they just kind of need someone to come in there and just create stops, then you go with Kata. You know, if you're more hungry for extra possessions, you're down a bit, you know, six, seven points, you're not completely out of it, but you just need those extra possessions. That's when Brissett, I think, is, is much more effective, especially when he's left open in the corner and he's able to, you know, get to his spot and, and you know, knock down that three-point shot. Then all of a sudden, you know, he's able to affect both ends of the floor, and then that's going to make him a shoo-in to to, to 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 lock down that ninth spot in the rotation, you know, which is realistically probably somewhat his goal or where he is right now in the sense of um, where he is in the in the depth chart. But, yeah, I think he's somewhere around there, you know. Um, again, when this team's completely healthy, uh, when, when someone like Porzingis is out or the, another big is out, I, I think that, those opportunities open up much more for guys like him and Kata. And all of a sudden tonight, like what we saw today, it's a given, you know, mm -hmm. but when this team is absolutely 100% healthy, he's still, you know, there's, there's still that opportunity for him to play, especially if someone is in, is in foul trouble. I, I think he's built enough trust with Joe Mazzula for sure. Yeah. I was seeing if there's anything going on on Twitter. Um, obviously we're not, on the road here. Bobby, you going to LA for uh Lakers on Christmas? Nope. No. Be back no, at the garden Thursday against Detroit. Could be a historic night. We'll do a we'll do a brief Celtics Lakers chat at the end of this show. Um I want to just finish up on this specific game. Um thoughts on Jalen tonight. I mentioned him briefly uh, off the beginning of the show, but I feel like he's just becoming he's just playing more consistent. Um, than I think we've seen in, in the past. Again, plus I think 29. he knows what his role is going to be night tonight now, which is what they need to figure out to begin this year. Uh, he's going to be the guy that's more inside to Tatum's perimeter game, and uh, he looks like he's finding more cutting lanes than mm -hmm. he did in the past. And we've talked about the defense. I thought it was really good tonight again, uh, primarily on James Harden, who he did a great job with there in the second round against uh, the Sixers. You know, Harden's stat line looked great, fourteen nine. But four turnovers, six to 13, I think you'll live with that against him. And just two threes. No free throw attempts for James Harden in this game. How often do you see that in a minus Crazy. 34? So minus they 34. did a great job on him. Yeah, no, and um, that's such a James Harden type of a set. Minus 34. I mean, when you talk about just kind of <laughs> kind of giving up and just sort of half-assing it out there, I don't know how you can't think of – James Harden is one of those guys that's kind of been. They really flattened out yeah, the Clippers. He I completely checked out of this game, man. Just like <laughs> chucking threes, a few dribbles. Oh, you're not going to let me through? All right, whatever. Like just chucking it up, passing it away, like, or passing it off. Like at least Paul George had somewhat of the offensive rhythm where the Clippers are kind of like, okay, if we can get somebody else going, then we, we got a shot at this. But it wasn't going to be Harden. Like you knew that entire game. There was no way he was going to actually fight to find his offense this game. Yeah, and they did a great job flattening out the Clippers. This was a impressive defensive game from the Celtics for me because there is some shooting. There are some threats on that Clippers side you had to worry about, even with Kawhi down. But they had George playing one-on-one, -on -one, and you saw him stepping inside to hit those mid-rangers early, but it wasn't too damaging. They held the Clippers to 21 
in that first quarter, which I have to feel like is the least or right up there with the least amount of points the Celtics have given up in a quarter all year. Uh, so that set a great tone for this game. And I know, you know, we were worried about some of the offensive stuff from that Warriors game. I think the bigger concern internally was the defense that the Celtics played that night and that's slipping a little bit going into that game. And then of course on that night against Steph Curry, they've locked up since like the way they tightened up after that absolute, it was like a 40 to 38 first quarter in Sacramento, Jimmy. Mm -hmm. And then they tightened up defensively the rest of the night and pulled away in that game tonight. They were defending from the start and doing it effectively just to keep the paint away from all those guys and force them to just shoot pull-up jumpers, which uh, didn't fall fairly in this game. So Celtics got back to defense. Doing so without Porzingis is impressive. And if they can carry that into the Lakers game, uh, they're probably going to win that one because (laughs) I know it's going to be a fun contrast to styles here. The Celtics in terms of the three-point shooting we talk about night in, night out, versus what the Lakers fans complain about, having no three-point shooting at all, Mm. is going to be interesting to watch. And the Lakers have lost five or six since the in-season tournament championship. They probably should have lost the sixth game, too, uh, against the Spurs. (laughs) They won that one by three. So they've been an absolute disaster. And their defense has slipped, too. So you're heading into that Lakers game in a good spot um after the, these couple onslaughts against the clippers and kings yeah lakers play tonight against the thunder decent thunder team this year really good thunder team actually this year and they are um, benching d'angelo russell is balling them sj is balling. oh they're benching d'angelo russell huh yeah i don't know who's stepping in in his place but um <laughs> it was funny he was talking the other night yeah they're going with lebron reddish prince vanderbilt davis and I'm sure that's who LeBron <laughs> imagined playing with when he went out to the Lakers <laughs> five years ago. Yeah. Ham Reddish, Tyreen Prince, and Jared Vanderbilt. Yeah, they've got they've got some roster issues for sure, but you can't count them out. I mean, we've seen that when, you know, obviously based on that in-season tournament, at least going off of that, that there is an on switch to these guys. And I feel like Christmas Day, that's an on switch. So you got to show up ready to play. You you obviously can't take LeBron and and um, Davis for granted, you know, because on any given night, th- those could be the two best players in the league. Um, but yeah, they do have the Lakers definitely have some issues to work through. And you mentioned it already, Bobby. Their outside shooting is nowhere where it needs to be. Celtics, on the other hand, I just saw stats. I'll go ahead and read this. The Celtics made a total of forty-seven three pointers in their last two games. 22 against the Kings, 25 against the uh, Do we have a Clippers. record? Clippers. That is the most they've made in franchise history over a two-game stretch. So 47 three-pointers over the last two games is a record. So, yes, we did make Celtics history tonight, boys. Congrats to all of us. And I like your point at the top of the show, Jimmy. Get the points how you can. Take what the defense is giving yeah. you. I have no problem with the spot-up shooting here if that's where you saw opportunities to score from. And certainly something was available there that made them take that many and make that many. But they also posted up in this game. And then against Sacramento, all the pick-and-roll action, all the inside-out play, the passing, and uh, Derek White, again, big part of that game, big part of this game on both ends, too. His consistency is just astounding. And I know we didn't get to talk about it with you guys, but – the, the all-star case for him 
I was just going to bring that up. I'm glad you went there. He's making that case, man. Oh, there's definitely a case. I mean, think about the fact that the Celtics are arguably the best team in the NBA. It's not unheard of to bring three guys to the, and not even close. They to want to bring five. I know. Well, that's, that's the problem is now you're going to, you're <laughs> going to have a, you're going to have to make a cut here or there, but if they're all getting in on the Derek white train, we've seen, you know, this team publicize, you know, really make a case for something and have it happen. Um, I think a lot of people can get on board with Derek white, uh, the all-star. And I think he has a lot of respect across the league. I think a lot of coaches obviously understand his value and players are, you know, talking about Russell earlier, we <laughs> quote of the year was how Russell said he wanted, was it Russell? Yeah. He wanted to be, Derek, he wanted White. To be Derek White. Yeah. <laughs> well, now he's going to be closer to a, you know, a bench player for a bit, but um, you know, Derek, Derek White is, is, I think we can all agree. Uh, the That's M what I was going to say. Russell, of this team, right? Russell started the year saying, I want to be Derek White. And then the other night he was saying like, yeah, when my shot's not going, I don't know where else I can impact the game. Well, right, not a Derek White quote, right? <laughs> That's the it's opposite one thing, of how Derek White plays. Yeah, it's one thing to want to, you know, pattern your game after somebody, and it's another thing to actually do it. And it, it it's more of a mindset than anything else. I mean, D'Angelo Russell needs to approach the game completely different manner than he does. And the way Derek White approaches it is just do what's best for the team. I mean, he'd, he'd fit right in on, on, the, on the classic Patriots from years ago where it's like, do your job. I don't job. think I've ever seen – and Joe Sway, we're around him a lot. You've been around some other teams. I don't think I've ever seen a Celtic with a smaller ego. The guy just no. doesn't care. Like if they told him to sit and not put, well, I'm sure you went super like humble. That. <laughs> <laughs> it play. seems like anything, anything short of that, he's fine with. Zero shots, he'd be fine with that. Uh, bench roll, he was fine with that to start the year if that's what they decided. And fortunately. They've successfully pushed him to be more aggressive. Like you're not going to the bench, you're starting. Take mm -hmm. these shots, be super aggressive out there, and that's how he's played. Yeah, definitely. And he's just been so disciplined and determined. And you know that the type of all the reviews that we heard coming in right when he first got traded to the Celtics. Like I feel like he's he's exceeded those expectations that a lot of what Brad Stevens was talking about and him being a glue guy and essentially adapting to the system. And he's gone beyond that for sure. People can say what they want about this being a contract year and that man, he could be playing himself out of, out of the city. But regardless, if he's the Celtics, you take that because it doesn't matter what role he's in. He's going to shine, you know, he's going to make himself uh, impactful. And, and I think we're talking about all-star weekend and the Celtics. And if they're still, in my opinion, they probably will be, the top team in the East or top team in the NBA, then yeah, you definitely have to have a conversation about Derek white. And I'm sure people across the league will be having that same conversation and thinking that the Celtics very well do have three fledged full fledged all-stars and Derek white is definitely one of them. I find this comment interesting here. I wonder what you guys think of this, because I do think since Brad's become GM, he's put a priority on bringing in good guys. And I think mm -hmm. that kind of started too when, they had that rough Kyrie year and then all of a sudden it was like Grant and a bunch of like big positive team personalities coming mm -hmm. in the door the next year. I, I think, I think, yeah. I think this has been part of the success here is just the willingness to sacrifice across the board. And I'm not saying they're all the greatest guys off the court. You never know that, but in terms of like the team dynamic, everyone gets it. 
Well, I'm going to defer to you guys because you're both around the team regularly and you, you can kind of see the camaraderie that they do or do not have. You're there at the practices. It's very important to not only have high character, but to gel together and to want to play for each other. It's not just going to work. These aren't just your coworkers that you have to hang out, that you have to, you know, uh, basically just like put up with from for your nine to five job. Like these are people that you are going to war with, right? In in some way, right? So you want to be able to fight with them. You want to play for them. You want to know what they like, what they don't like, what their interests are. You want to feel like a family, right? So I would agree that I think the character is definitely important. And it's been like that for a number of years now. I mean, going back to Kemba, I mean, that was a high character guy, right? I mean, um, so they have definitely, it seems like they've made a focus. Josue, not a high character guy, just left us in the middle of our show. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, you, know, they, they, you know, Al Horford, you know, I mean, there's, there's, you can go down the line with players. Yeah, kind of started with Horford. Yeah. Absolutely. So and it's, it's important. Uh, and I think it does have an effect. And, and just to circle back to Derek White, there he is. Joe Sway's back. He's got high character after all. Um, <laughs> Derek White is, is honestly right up there. Um, no, you're good, dude. Um, always says the right things. Um, and, he, and you feel like he means it. He's a super humble guy, plays his role and doesn't overstep his bounds, doesn't try to do too much. He's never going to, you're never going to be like, wow, Derek White, like, why is he trying to be so flashy out there? Like, he couldn't be, he couldn't be less flashy if, if like, if he tried. Yeah, that's the sense I've gotten, Joe Sway. I think that's been successful this year. The willingness to sacrifice and focus on a team dynamic where they're bringing in guys who just get it. Like, I think... I think the Celtics genuinely feel like if you're going to be thinking about your contract or your shots or your role, even if you might help this team, you're not going to be here. They're not going to go for guys like that. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that. I mean, at this point, there's, there's gotta be a, you know, they, they have a, a bigger goal than themselves. You know, it's not about, personal accolades on this team at least it shouldn't right. be you know any team with championship aspirations that has to be the the common you know the common goal between everybody on the team that should be right right at the, right above the door when you walk in you know we not me basically <laughs> like that should be their uh that doesn't get you in an all-star game though unfortunately it doesn't that that should be be well. winning, like does. winning, winning. Game has theirs <laughs> yeah exactly no, I'm, winning I'm, I'm, winning gives you a chance though bob I'm interested to see how that shakes out because I can just rattle off the top of my head guys that might get consideration above him. Uh, certainly, sure. you're thinking of Brunson, Halliburton, Mitchell, and Garland. Maxie. I know Garland's hurt now. Maxi, so there's Garland. five guards right there. Jimmy Butler. It's listen. It's not going to be easy, but I think the point is, and whether or not he makes it, at the end of the day, yeah, it'd be great for him if he could make it, and it would really, you know, show that people are noticing what he does. But regardless. I think we can all agree that he's playing at, at that level, at least for this team. And he he's a huge reason why they are where they are right now. And he's just on both ends of the court. Again, we've talked about it before him and holiday. If they're healthy, there's not, there's not two other guards in the league that I would want to play, play against. Which game did less, he miss this them, year? Less than them. Like if I'm an opposing player. Uh, he missed his game. Was it for a personal reason, right? Did it have to do with uh, the birth of his son? Yeah. No, it was the second one after that. There was two I of think, them. 
I think he missed two for personal reasons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And both those was, games were ugly, if I remember right. I'm trying to pull them up here. The first one was the – well, no, he missed two for the berth, uh, which was a win over the Nets, and then that really ugly finish against Minnesota into overtime. Mm-hmm. And then the third was probably their worst game of the year in Charlotte. So two of their three worst games of the year probably were without Derek White. So you could make the argument that he's one of the two or three most valuable guys on this team. Oh, definitely. Right? I, yeah. I, think, I think at this point of the season, that's one thing that most people would agree with, you know, which wasn't something that people were saying coming in. Maybe it was like a, a hot take, but now not so much. I feel like it's it's set in stone that he's he's that important. Whether that whether that means he's an all-star or not, like you said, I mean, if you look across the league or look across the Eastern Conference, the, the top-tier guards in the conference, I mean, it's tough. There's a lot of them. You know, there's probably like four or five, but he's certainly in that conversation, though, you know. And then when ESPN put out that list where he wasn't even on it, you know, the, the, this makes people oh, – top 100, I know. Yeah, yeah. This, this, oh, even, in, too. this reminds us of how ridiculous, how crazy yeah. ridiculous that list was, you know. That was a huge miss on their part. And, and, and in the East. We all said it. I don't know if we all I don't know if collectively we thought White would be this good. Um, but we all said like where's Derek White on this list? There's no way that he's there's no way there's a hundred players better than Derek White. So uh, and and maybe that's motivation for him too. I don't know if he uses I don't know that he uses like negative uh you know, whatever. I don't like I think Jalen Brown thrives off off trying to prove people wrong and thrives off like the negativity and things like that. I don't know if Derek white, I think white's completely level. And that's the good thing about him is he's gotten into his own head. I think clearly at times over the shooting, but he's moved past that. It looks like at least in Boston, but other than that, nothing seems to rattle him calls getting shaken up physically. I mean, he goes down like a bowling ball. Have you ever seen him angry? Never see him angry. About never see him upset. <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing. A, I wouldn't mind seeing him a little, you know, fired up, angry at something at some point. Yeah, and, and I think he plays. He kind of he does it for a little bit. Kind of just gives you that look, like, and then he go, he goes back to normal. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> the team wide trend of complaining about calls has drifted a little bit in his direction, but it's not going to rattle him. And I think you need that from a guy. I mean, this this move. We look back at the Horford one still as a little bit of a turning point after that awful season in 21. But this is the one that raised their ceiling because you need a connector. I think every championship team you look at has had a guy like this. Iguodala and Golden State. Uh-huh. Uh, Cleveland had, you know, who was on this Cleveland team, Joe Sway, that was kind of like this? Was it like J.R. Smith and Mon Shumpert maybe? Uh, yeah, Mon Shumpert. Yeah, something like that. I mean, they weren't steady hands, certainly. So maybe well, those Trumper were was more. He was more, uh, more of an impact player in, uh, on the Knicks. That's sort of what got him on the team. But mm-hmm. yeah, that that type of role. Yeah, maybe the years ago with Avery. Remember Jimmy Avery Bradley? Oh, I loved Avery Bradley. Yeah. Yeah, something like he didn't that. have much emotion either, Avery Bradley. Yeah, talk about a guy who didn't. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> he was he, he was, was there. A, he was him, legit so. defender, one of the best on-ball defenders in the NBA. Um, Avery Bradley, underrated. Uh, right, and just like Derek White, you know, made a couple of uh, all defensive second team. I think it was second team. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So there's definitely some comparisons there. 
Um, Evan Turner was a connector too. <laughs> Evan Turner, ET, still around, still hanging around. Sometimes I think I think I see him at the garden, right? He's got a big podcast with Iguodala. That's right. That's a good podcast. Not as good as ours, but it's a good podcast. <laughs> Maybe we'll get them on. We'll we'll. We uh, want to have Turner on at one point. Yeah. I bet you he would do it. But yeah, there's a lot of guards in the East. I don't know if White's going to pull it off. And if he does, it'll be a ginormous accomplishment given the uh, competition ginormous. he's going up against. Everybody drink. <laughs> we got a ginormous saying. All right, boys, anything else on this game? Or I think we've touched upon pretty much everything. Again, um, bit of a historic type win for the Celtics with the way they shot the three ball tonight. Um, yeah, and I don't want to make any big characterizations about this one from the Clippers standpoint, but even after this recent run of wins for them, I, they had nine in a row. I just have a hard time imagining them being there in the finals on the other side. Like for health reasons, for connectivity reasons, and they've done a better job with that than expected. The coach is kind of in a lame duck position too, it seems like here. This whole thing just still feels a little dysfunctional, despite some recent success. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that recent success had so much to do with Kawhi, right? And I feel like him not being in the lineup and other guys are out sometimes, like they never find that that run, even though it felt like they had it for a little bit in the beginning of the season. You could still say, hey, it's still early and all that, but there's so many other teams in the Western Conference where you're like, man, they could really give the Clippers a run for their money, you know? So I, I don't... I don't know if I ever see the Clippers. Dallas, always. I don't see them getting the benefit of the doubt in those matchups. Yeah, you know, there's so many other teams out there where you're like, yeah, that could that team could beat the Clippers in the best of seven series. So uh, until they can find that stride where they can, you know, override those predictions or how people feel about them, I, I don't I don't see them being one of those top teams that are going to be, uh, you know, waiting for the for the Celtics or any other team in the East when it comes to the NBA Finals. The chat is basically telling me that my stream did my stream. You just keep up? you just keep getting blurrier and blurrier with each passing minute. Damn. Well, we're gonna wrap it, I think, anyways, in, in, a, in a couple of minutes. You guys got any uh, right. you got any um well Celtics Lakers real quick. We we touched upon it briefly, but what are your expectations for that game? Um, you know, it's a fight. We got five o'clock. LeBron sleep. James gonna treat it like it's the NBA finals. Yeah, so. he's gonna put on a show in LA. Yeah, he's playing tonight. Take a night off, come in fresh. Oh, yeah. He's taking this. He's treating this like, hey, everyone, this is what it's going to look like, guys. You know what I mean? I, I'm sure he's got the whole speech down, you know, like, hey, if we want to go to the finals, this is what it's going to take, you know, <laughs> like something to that. Effect. Gonna look like, I swear, yeah. like damn near verbatim, he's going to see something like that. So you're going to get a really good game. You're going to get a really hard, you know, fought type of matchup type of approach from the L.A. Lakers, but – the Celtics just have to stay with it, stick with it, and I think they'll be fine. I really do. Yeah, you're going to see, for all the complaining we do about threes, as I said earlier, mm. you'd much rather be complaining about too many threes than too few because it makes it so hard to win night in, night out when you don't have enough threes. And that's what the Lakers have to do. They play tight games every night. It might test the Celtics' ability to win in the clutch if it comes to that, especially if Porzingis can't go. Seems like he's okay, at least according to the reports and how he's moving out there. So you'd have to think he'll get up and play for this game. He always wants to play. I think the training staff is just trying to be super cautious with him this year. So if he's out there, 
I don't know how the Lakers come away with this game, but Anthony Davis, I've always had more respect than him than the average fan. I think. Yeah, I, I never know liked him. I don't know how he's become so marginalized because you see what he did in that in-season tournament, like four or five blocks every night and 30, 40 points. Like he can be a top five player in this he league, period. But you're right. It's a consistency. So which, which Davis are you getting on any given night and the health, of course, too. But man, right. I'd still love to have him. I really would. Well, Speaking of Gary Tangway, I did a podcast with him a couple weeks ago, and we talked about Davis because right after the Lakers won the in-season tournament. And um, it was funny. He told a quick story about when he was at NBC. And every once in a while, he would write for the website, and he would walk over to us and say, what are you guys, uh, what are you guys looking for today? What do you want? You know, Because we were, we were pumping on content left and right when I was editor, one of the editors there. And he was like, I'm going to write something on uh, the Celtics. Uh, I think they should trade for Anthony Davis. And uh, he wrote up something, we posted it, and somehow it got picked up. Like, you know how sometimes something just back in the day, at least, it would go on Twitter. Yeah, and all of a sudden, Report grabs it or something. Yeah. NBC Sports picks it up. And all of a sudden, later that night, Anthony Davis is getting asked, like, hey, there's a report out there that uh, that uh, this, you want to be traded to the Celtics or the Celtics are going to trade for you. And Anthony Davis was like, what the hell is that? All? Like, no, that's not true at all. But. <laughs> I think Gary's just sitting there. So you're the, so you're the reason why uh, Rich Paul had to had to tell everybody, hey, literally, others could trade for him if they want to, but he's not gonna go. You know, he's gonna be there for a year. He'll be around. That was, that was literally how it started, Josue. It was all from Gary wow. Tangway's article. You could probably Google it and find it somewhere. But so that was for people who don't know. That was the the Jalen pick was gonna be attached to that. You know, the whole trade package with a bunch of future picks and all that. But the big one was obviously that that pick that came from the Brooklyn Nets that turned into Jalen Brown. That was what was, what was debated. Yeah. Yeah. This might've been, it might even happen later too. Like I think the Celtics had Tatum and that was all like, I think, I don't think the, um, the Pelicans would even pick up the phone. Oh, wait, was it the Tatum pick you mean? Yeah. I think I you're thinking about with Joe Sway. That was the earlier one with, uh, Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 You're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's when it was still on the team, right? Yeah. Cause this right. is yeah, what yeah. still makes that trade so tough to, look back on because i think a bunch of people wanted davis at that time yeah. but there's a good chance you would have had to give up tatum in that one and you probably well, don't do that according to according to tangway again and he, he he knows some people but i think that's what it was going to take was tatum and the celtics said no that's not happening so right and the pelicans got a ton in terms of ingram yeah. ball Hart, who ended up becoming a great player boatloads of picks that they're still collecting in in new orleans so that that deal effectively propped Man. up what the Pelicans have now, which is a pretty. That's great why they team. look like that, right? Exactly yeah. what they have now. Right? The Pelicans, man. Speaking of, we got to touch on this, and then we'll we'll head out. But the fat clause has been uh, activated. Oh, I thought you were going to make, make a Lakers joke, being like, "What could have been if they didn't trade those guys?" Okay, talking about the fat I'm clause talk, and not fat Santa clause. clause. We're not not talking about Santa Claus. A different <laughs> fat clause. Uh, the fat clause in Zion's contract. Has been activated, right? According to the uh, the report there. So now his deal is no longer guaranteed moving forward, which, to be honest, probably makes it much more valuable for them to trade it if they if they want to. Um, but man, that was so. The way it reads was the number is two ninety five, and that number is his weight plus his body fat index or body yeah. fat percentage, which. I mean, wasn't this dude 285 like coming into the league? Right. I mean, before when he was why, in Duke. 
He's at Duke. Yeah, I mean, he must be 325 at this point. I mean, he, he blew that clause out of the water. I mean, he's he's a big boy right now. So um, there's some definite problems going on over there with, with that situation. I think situation, it came right? down to games played. He missed the games played. Yeah, no, it was a game. No, but that's what triggered. Yeah, that's yeah. what. Yeah. So it doesn't matter too much in theory. In fact, how'd this get out there? Maybe it was the team trying to wake him up a little bit saying, man, he hasn't even been on the court enough to earn his contract yet because they're not going to cut right. him, right? To, yeah. to get the benefit of the non-guaranteed deal, you have to just cut him and let so him go. Let me go ahead and leak that clause out real quick. Yeah, so yeah. this is this is more of a wake-up call for him. Now, it's tough. Tough to get like, that news at the holidays. We're all we're all eating like crazy right now. And now Zion's gotta gotta worry about the fat clause. Right. This whole thing. Just tough. Yeah. Got my eggnog, got my cookies. You ready to go? go? What you got any, what do you guys what are your Christmas plan? What's your Christmas Eve plans? Do you guys have anything going on tomorrow? Christmas, we know where we'll be. We'll be right here on the show. Basically. I'll be with the fam, man. Nothing crazy. Just a small gathering. Getting together Spend with the time. fam. Yeah, spend time with my niece. It's her first uh, first Christmas. So I can't there you wait. go. Take a picture, post it up on uh oh, yeah. Instagram, get a this will be the one we'll, this will this will be the one we'll be showing her years from now. I mean, like, look, this is your first Christmas. So all the girls Very exciting Josue, stuff. Josue so good with kids. Yeah. <laughs> it's Sherrod, Sherrod thought Josue had kids at one point, right? Did he? <laughs> Did he really? He must have said that Sherrod wasn't here. No, that's because he came. In. I was coming in real quick. I was coming into the game, you know, going to security, getting our credential and all that stuff. And Shirai was right, right ahead of me. When he turned around behind me, there was a woman with her two kids. And if you didn't know any better, you would think that we we're all together. So it looked like. So I'm holding the door for her because, you know, I'm a gentleman like that. And she's like, oh, thank you. And I think she said like a small thing like, oh, like I'm so excited about this game. So so we're small talking. He, all Sherrod can see is a, is a woman and two kids next to me. So he's like. Sherrod thought like, Josue brought his family. He brought the whole family to work. So Sherrod's giving, giving me one of these. And I'm like, hey, man, what's going on? Like, I, I don't even realize why he's looking at me like that. So he's kind of like, oh, OK. And I'm like, I'm giving that look like, yep, that's right. Yeah, it's and he's like, family. you know how it is. So later on, he's like, "Man, I didn't know you had kids." I'm like, "Wait, what?" And then this whole thing happened. So that's funny, Bobby. You got the <laughs> you got the eggnog going strong over there. Is that what you said? Yeah, Dude, I, I, I don't drink a ton now. of it, but I do like a couple glasses around this time. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone can drink a ton of eggnog. I mean, that's like some heavy, <laughs> heavy cream situation going on there. But you toss well, a little rum in there, way. huh? Jimmy's just gonna soon. Jimmy's just gonna disappear. That's how far he's getting. <laughs> Would you say? Would you say? Not, not good. Would you say? Soon you're just gonna be like in a cloud. It's it's getting so boring. I know, right? <laughs> oh, am I slowly like fading away? Yeah. All yeah right, we're you're not it. doing that like patchy thing though, so you're fine. Once he starts doing the patchy thing, then that's when you know it's there. Yeah, when he's like. <laughs> Whoa. Like, yeah, he's, fine. he's, just, he's just a little blurry. Me after, like, this is me after three glass dogs, spiked eggnog, Bobby. Yeah, pretty much. Now it's <laughs> getting to that point. Yeah, a little rum in there, a little whiskey, maybe, whatever it you happens like. fast. It happens fast, kids. So be careful out there. What else do we got on Christmas Day? Um, I think it's Philly Heat. We got a little preview of Bucks. A Bucks, uh, Bucks Knicks today. I love the NBA lineup, man. Wow. Christmas Day, let's go. And NFL is trying to hijack it. I'm, I'm boycotting NFL on Christmas. <laughs> Christmas no is one about wants the to NBA. Watch that. 
it's the NBA, about the NBA man. Yeah, right. I just want to put on ABC and just ride out, ride it out for the rest of the day. And this NFL season, Thanksgiving's for football guys. They got Thanksgiving, you know. Come on, that's like, yeah, not, like, just, like, not just because the paths have been bad, but like. I feel like 22 teams have just kind of stunk in the NFL this year. There's like oh, five, 10 good started. teams. It's the yeah. worst product I've, I've ever seen ever as a football fan. This has been the worst season. And again, it's not just because the Patriots are awful, yeah. which they are. It's because the NFL as a whole quarterback plays gone way, way, way down. I, I think there's a game on right now where there was, that was a, a one-sided flop. And it, it was might, like Browning versus, uh, I don't know if yeah. the quarterback was back, but Pick, they had Pickens, Pickens. Yeah. Picking whatever. Um, all right, we're gonna call it. If that's cool with you boys, uh, yeah, thank you guys for hanging out. Yep, we want to say Merry Christmas to everybody and a happy Good holiday. You guys on Christmas, join us. Okay, we're we after this game. Spend some time we, with us. We will be here right after the game. We'll be watching it. We'll get the chat going beforehand, like it always is. So come back on and join us. Have a glass of eggnog by your side or whatever your Christmas christmas cocktail of choice is um and we will see you guys john will be back with us hopefully if he can get out of the kitchen i know he's probably juggling three or four pies right now yeah, and you know it's uh, going to be special pies Sherrod should be with us too absolutely going to be surprise specialties like we always do things that, things that nobody asks for like he's going to pull up with those garden report always does it big on the holidays we do it big on thanksgiving we do it big on christmas you don't want to miss these shows we do it big on halloween doesn't matter what the holiday is we are here we will be with you guys and again happy holidays merry christmas and we will see you all on the